dear Love Tuna family and, uh, and listeners, uh, I have here uh, Chi Kim. She is a team writer, but more importantly, she's the CEO of Pure Edge, a nonprofit organization that supports the health and the wellness of educators uh, and learners uh, by sharing simple strategies to reduce stress and improve focus. So as you can see already in the announcement, this pretty much aligns with what Love Tune is doing. So this is this is why we are connected. Hi, Chi, nice hey. to meet you. Hi, nice to see you as well. Yeah, you know what I think what we should do is for our listeners to, to end up make them more understand about frequency and vibration, we should have one quick tune. Yeah, sounds great. Over Zoom, but also in our frequency of love. Sure. Nice Monday morning with a nice tune, right? <laughs> My favorite <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, it's so happy to have you and, and thanks for the time uh, to have this conversation with me. Um, as I just introduced you as, um, as the CEO of Pure Edge and um, and um, the Love Tuner Foundation supporting Pure Edge because I, I have to believe if somebody knows things better, there's no need to invent the wheel. So this is why Love Tuner Foundation is exclusively um, supporting Pure Edge on, on your mission to educate the educators, bring love and uh, yeah, and have coherence into the education system. Um, it would be beautiful if you can tell us a little bit about your story first, um, because you have like a, um, yeah, um, a very interesting past. So you have been um, the program officer at the Bill uh, and Melinda Gates Foundation for the educational field, but uh, you have also the principal of the Point Two Marine Science School. And this is where we originally met. And uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of an insight about your journey and uh, and how we all ended up being even here and that you became a Love Tuna team rather. Yeah, thank you so much. I wanted just to share a quick story before I even sort of get into the details of that. But um, I've been at the Pure Edge Foundation for five years. And, you know, we've been doing all these professional developments out in school districts. And we wanted to give a gift of some kind and just wanted to something small. I mean, we had these gigantic Overman spheres, but they're not uh, great for travel. and. I randomly opened a drawer that I had um, and I found the love tuner in a tiny box. It was when you first launched. I didn't know actually that it was you, but I actually pulled it. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You know, right. We're going to, we're trying to teach folks how to just um, activate their parasympathetic nervous system. And this is beautiful love tuner. I'm reading through it and I start to, to tune a little bit and it's been years. It's been sitting in that drawer for a little bit. We had moved across country and I'm like, hey, wait, this is a perfect gift. So I emailed um, on the back of the label, Love Tuner. And I emailed and I said, hey, I just wanted to find out, you know, I run a private operating foundation and I would love to see if we can get some of these tuners for our, as gifts for the educators that we serve. And turns out to exchange back and forth that, <laughs> is this, were you the principal at Point Doom Marine Science School? I, said, I was. <laughs> like this is this is Petra, and so I think just this is the Berg family. Your kids, my kids, you know, our kids went to uh, Point Doom, and I think it was that sort of serendipitous moment, um, Sigmar, that I feel like all of these things are interconnected, right? And every day that I get older, I feel like the more aware I am about things, 
I'm not surprised anymore when things sort of happen like that, that um, just being open to possibility. But it was such a great gift for me just personally and professionally that that our paths had crossed and now we're sort of back in the space where we can start to continue to help others. But uh, it was just a really great moment for me. And I just, one of those moments where I tell the story and it's kind of a, you know, you get goosebumps because it's so, such a neat point. It is. And what you just said, you know, nothing happens on accident anymore. You know, like uh, also when you travel longer to life, you start, you know, recognizing and being more aware than you know that all these things have a deeper meaning. And there's a reason why people connect. And uh, and for us, it was just beautiful because we told you that we started our foundation and, and our focus was, you know, we, we deal with suicide prevention and we yeah. work with veterans. But the educational field and not only education as is, but it was a big part was also, uh, you know, underprivileged kids. Mm -hmm. And then we started with this program, what we did already um, uh, back in the days, where we went to schools, actually introduced mindfulness, introduced right. the love tuna. And we had already a background, but obviously with, with your background and, and, and doing this already for us, it was a, it was a no brainer to team up and support your foundation was our foundation. Yeah. Yeah, so terrific. Thank you so much. And I know that when we actually give these gifts that we've been shipping them out and um, just seeing the, you know, when people open up the box, a, they can't figure out how to exactly open the box but when they do, it's like a little discovery, right? It, and in fact, even the packaging, I have to say, um, it's going to sound silly, but even the packaging forces everyone to be present. Like you can't actually do that sort of mindlessly. You have to yeah. open it. There's a little, you know, circle. You push that. Everything is just a, a sort of a magical gift. But um, it's been really sort of a profound experience for me just trying to, uh, just grateful, right? That's all I can say is I'm grateful. Um, I've had a pretty long journey. I was a, born in Korea. I was an immigrant, came when I was three years old. And uh you know, learned English through the public school systems and then ended up becoming a teacher out in Inglewood, which is in um, Southern California. I was there for nine years. Um, and, and then I ended up working in some pretty, uh, the opposite end of um, SES um, mm -hmm. in Tiburon and in Malibu. And when I was in Malibu, um, one of the things that I loved about the school, I was there for nine years. And the piece there, I think we were trying to make everything connected, right? The marine science, uh, connection to the ocean, connection to our health, um, really doing the, the, the teaching gardens with Kelly Meyer and really starting to build a holistic approach to education. And I think the piece that always stuck with me is how do you get disconnected pieces to feel like it's all connected when if we flip the model, everything's already connected, but people try to disconnect them, right? So there's this um, circular way in which we've come back to the basic elements of connection and it's through you know our yeah, our presence um, we also know that just trying to get folks to think about how they present themselves in the world and what their energy does to others around them we do know that the science is really clear yeah. that highly stressed individuals ex you know we shoot out a lot of cortisol and it's contagious um, and people who are really joyful that's also contagious and so trying to figure out uh, what's the balance, like how do you want to present yourself and myself? How do I show up in a space? Um, what kind of energy am I bringing um, to a situation? And is it helpful or harmful um, for the moment and sort of the situation? So we've been trying to sort of focus on that, but um, as going through and being a teacher, a principal, and then um, working at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, sort of traveling around and seeing all the different ways in um, you know, how, how adults are, really committed to their communities. 
And one thing that we saw with the foundation is that um, we started out as a student facing organization with yoga programs and mindfulness programs. But in the end, when we started working with Mark Greenberg, who um, worked at Penn State, he did a series of research briefs about teacher stress. And it was the data of the teacher stress that actually changed our strategy. And so we really focus on the adults that are serving the children. We ask teachers to do so many different things, and especially now with COVID, um, it's been really underscoring how important their role is, but we need to take care of them. We cannot ask the caregivers to keep giving without caring for them. So that's sort of where we're at right now. And the Love Tuner sort of just came into a place where we wanted to give them another tool. Sometimes people learn mindfulness or learn breathing strategies, but they don't actually practice. But the Love Tuner, because it's it's that sound um, and just that it's a tool, right? It just forces them. There's a feedback mechanism for them. So they do feel it, they can hear it. Um, so we're just so grateful that your foundation has chosen us um, yeah. and that we can give that gift out to the, the educators who serve our children. So. Awesome. awesome. You know, like uh, when, when you tell the story about the educational system, it's, um, and we experience this, you know, people are open to mindfulness in the last, like whatever, 10 years, a big shift right. in our society. So people understand how important it is to get from your head into your heart. People learn about heart coherence. But what was interesting for us was, you know, we, we did like, uh, we did stuff with animals. So we proved a lot of stuff where it's working. And when we published the first videos, like about five, six years ago, about the education, and we filmed like a mindfulness class where we tuned, I have never gotten so much hate um, uh, comments, you know? I mean, a lot of people mm. loved it, but it was very, very, actually for me, surprising to see that people... In, in the field where it's the most important, our young generation, you know, to open their hearts, to educate and mindfulness, where people are so restrictively against it, you know, like we, we, we believe in all this stuff. When we get older, we have traumas. People say, maybe you should meditate. Maybe you should learn a breathing uh, exercise. But our children, which are so like, have so much little layers compared to us, you know, they, their hearts are open, their minds are open. And here people getting like, oh, why are you doing this to kids? You know, but, but you will, you see the benefits, you see it on both sides, you see it on the educator sides and the kids where it's, in my opinion, even easier to open their hearts, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, why, what do you think, what is this, 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 this kind of resentment was people still have to, to not letting go of this old learning system that didn't work out in the first place? I mean, all, all of it is based on fear, right? You try and bring into a space some different kind of energy. Um, and I think a lot of it, I think the fear and sort of the anger comes from a place where they think that you're teaching them religion, right? As, as if using your, your, your tools, your nose, your lungs, your breath, as if that's some sort of a religious process. And I think that part, I think, creates a lot of tension. One of the things that we end up doing because we serve both blue states, red states, um, we're in, you know, California, we're in... Uh, Texas and Tennessee, uh, New Jersey, we serve a large and a diverse population of teachers and, and students. And because we come from a, a sort of the framing of neuroscience and stress, it's universal. Um, yeah. As soon as we start to approach a language that makes it feel a little bit more um, spiritual, I think that's where you know people get into trouble, because yeah. you know it's it's supposed to be a secular process for any kind of mindfulness or mindful movement. But we really specifically focus on stress and the neuroscience, and we find that when we present the data, when we present sort of the the sort of scientific background information, 
um, there's a lot less resistance because it's physiology, right? It's something physiological that's happening to you. It's not some sort of, you know, woo woo stuff that people talk about. There is data the same way that you've done, you know, the sound waves and the, the frequency, right? There's data on that. There's data on what happens when you activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And, uh, you know, you've got folks who've been doing this for thousands of years, just focusing on their breath work. Um, but it's turned into something different, I think, as it's been translated into Western, um, you know, experience. So a lot of it, I think, honestly, Sigmar, I think it's just fear. And, um, you know, just that, you know, we have all have a negativity bias, right? It's ingrained in our DNA. Like we're born to be negative, look for trouble and danger. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know? Now, I mean, what we have seen, and this is like so funny, but it's like, I mean, obviously it's, it's a mindfulness, also a spiritual tool. Because the frequency, the 528 hertz frequency, which is also called the miracle frequency, but if you look at the at the at the way the frequency is working, uh, it's all profound uh, physics. So mm -hmm. this is why we feel stress relief because the water molecules get aligned in our body, gives us the, the sensation of relaxation. Then the the brass work with the love tuna does, you know, it gives you an audible feedback. So yeah. even with zero uh, education in meditation or breathing, it works right away. And you told me that you have uh, often teachers which are on, on school boards and even like, you know, like you told me you've been in Sacramento. So people who really literally actually run our educational system, mm -hmm. the executive uh, uh, force, they, they are sometimes a little bit hesitant when they do it. Yeah. But, but they get it right away because it, it just happens because it's a physiological exercise you're doing. Yeah. And you told me one thing, and this made me actually happy that they all start to kind of giggle and started to laugh. About it. You know, and it's like in a good way, you know, it makes them happy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. They, um, they do get that and then they start to blow on it. And then, you know, I, I think the running joke is it looks like we're, you know, smoking a doobie. I'm like, what? No, that's not what this is. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, once you start to do it, all the giggles after the, the giggling, after the sort of embarrassment, there's some interesting thing that happens, you know, when people start to do something new, you know, that nervous laughter starts to show up. Then once they actually engage in the process and start to hear it and listen and really take in the quiet and then listen to the, the, the tune, there's something that forces them. It just is an automatic response. And I think you're right, Sigmar, it's the feedback. It's the feedback of the sound that most people who have a hard time meditating or just staying focused in the quiet um, that feedback is actually really helpful for them because they haven't been able to do and they might have tried meditation, they might have tried, you know, some other kinds of things, but they were never able to really quiet the mind. And with the love tuner, because you're getting that audible feedback, you kind of are forced to yeah. stay in the present, uh, whether you're trying to or not. And I think that's one of the things that's sort of beautiful about the love tuner is because it's that audible feedback is something that people, it seems to resonate. Yeah. No pun, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to, to um, point something out for our listeners too. And this is actually your mission statement uh, with Pure Edge Inc. Um, that you actually have to believe that educators and learners deserve um, a strategy to combat actually stress and support uh, the development of a social, emotional, academic learning uh, competences. So, um, and you say one thing, you say, open the heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about education, nobody talks about the heart. So it's kind of like in our society, something what doesn't fit together. But we know that 
the intelligence of the heart and the heart coherence is even stronger than our brain coherence. Yeah. And uh, so this is a new aspect for, for, for educators too, right? Because everything what has to do with education stops at the mind. Yeah, and I think that's where we're seeing all of the fallout of that, right? You're seeing high anxiety. You're seeing the highest rates of suicide we've ever had in this country of kids, you know, starting at age 10, really all the way through like 24, 25. And you're seeing all of these sort of um, unintended consequences of just focusing on academics yeah. that, you know, it's almost as if they've separated the brain and the heart connection. And we know all the research is very clear that the emotions are connected to learning. And if you don't trust the person you're with, if you don't have good relationships, that learning isn't going to happen no matter what kind of lesson plan you have, right? It's a disconnection of the heart and mind. And it really is, it's always been connected. Um, but for some, and really, I think just some, from federal policy all the way down, um, they've been forcing people to choose. And I think right now, in the last 15, 20 years, that choice of separating the mind and the heart is actually uh, no longer really being pushed. So they've got new federal policy, social yeah. emotional learning is really embedded into schooling. Um, and I think the biggest challenge is we got to figure out how to take care of our teachers so that the teachers feel like we're not doing more things to them, but we're really in support of making sure that they are whole people so that they are showing up more um, content and, and at least more present, right? Um, but we don't want to add layers of complication. Yeah, yeah. Because the stress is vice versa, you know, like the stress mm -hmm. goes to the educators, goes to the kids, and it's like a cycle that can, yep. that needs to be stopped, basically. And, yeah. uh, and, and as soon as we see the quality of our hearts, when we connect from heart to heart, and we explore this curiosity, then the teacher is not the, the classical teacher anymore it becomes kind of like a partner in what they're doing and the, mm -hmm. I think this will relieve a lot of stress for educators as well you know because when they're not seen as this one person out there mm -hmm. trying to communicate whatever they need to learn but if, if they if they can um, you know have this hard coherence and connect in a frequency mm -hmm. then there's a different understanding and this is I mean we, we didn't do it on such a big scale as you do but we we had hundreds of kids that we educated with tuning. And what happened in all those classes was one thing besides the grades went up, but what completely stopped is bullying. Mm. Because, and this is what I experienced with a lot of other people that I tuned with and have been thousands in the couple of years that I'm running Love Tuner now. But it's as soon as you connect from heart to heart, no matter if it's your best friend or if it's somebody that you don't know, you build a connection. And this connection never goes away. And everything, what is a mind connection, as soon as you don't have the same, whatever, if, if teacher, uh, uh, teacher and, and, and kids connection fails and the mind connection is gone, there's nothing what stays. And the same thing is uh, when, when, when a family gets, for example, into mindfulness, their connection gets way deeper than spoken words or mind connections. And the same thing is in corporations. You know, if you have one aim to make money together, to make a deal together, as soon as this deal is done, there's no connection because it was a pure mind connection. As soon as you build in whatever world, even the corporate world, a hard connection, then something stays. And this is what we see with kids, the bullying leaves and it doesn't yeah. come back. It's so interesting that you say that because I think there's that whole notion that it's hard to hate someone close up, right? Exactly. So if I'm and that piece where um, there's a study from um, that was conducted with teachers who report self-reported high anxiety and stress burnout. 
And they took the cortisol samples of the kids in their classrooms and their cortisol levels were high. And then they did a control where, you know, um, it was the opposite, where it was a calm teacher, cortisol levels were, you know, pretty, pretty low. But that whole coherence of just being with someone who's connected and the real piece in education, Sigmar, I think that is so critical that people are focusing a lot, and especially now with COVID, right? It's exasperated and sort of highlighted all the things that could go wrong, but it's having relationships and relationships only happen when you actually have heart coherence, right? There's a level of, of level of trust. And I think that piece, I think has been, you know, obvious for, for lots of people, but I think, um, you know, when policy makers and schools can switch a little bit about, you know, let's focus on having a connection first and then we can learn because if you and I are connected and I feel safe with you and we have a good relationship, I'm much more likely to try hard and try and maybe do something that I'm not comfortable doing in school but I'm yeah. going to try. And even if I fail, I know that I'm not going to be made fun of because I've got such a good relationship. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah. So I felt there's that change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have, uh, we just talked about online um, um, schooling right now. And both of my kids, I, you know, we have two teenagers. One just started college. The other one is like uh, in the last year of high school and, um, and they, they are doing it really well and they're sitting at home and they have all the tools they're educated mm-hmm. so they're not uh, emotionally abandoned at all and they can explain themselves stuff but um i've seen that you have five principles of health and wellness would you use in your foundation to work with people with body breast mind attention engagement do you have something what you would tell our listeners or parents who are completely open to to a new form of educating their kids what can they do at home is there any exercise what they can do to connect with their kids or even make this homeschooling more attractive? And is there anything out there what you would say these five principles they can do in an exercise with the kids or? Yeah. So can I put a plug in for our website? Perfect. So we have these incredible um, facilitators on our team and they um, are, are conducting these workshops always yeah. live. And one of the things that we found out that, you know, people don't watch recordings. They want to go live just to have another connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of strategies that you can do at home. One is just making sure that we start off with the, the body first, right? If they're sitting in front of the computer and they're getting agitated, it's all of that. I mean, you know, right. Make sure that you're making time for movement, make mm-hmm. sure that they are, you know, getting the, the, the pillars of health is really just trying to make sure they get good nutrition, stay hydrated, right. Get a good sleep. Um, I would say the two foundational things that are changing right now with this online schooling is kids are not sleeping as well because they're on computers at blue light all the time and even at night. Um, but we do know that we are working on breath work and we are actually focusing on nasal breathing. Uh, that's one of the main yeah. pieces that we've been focusing on is when we show some strides where it's even in, even out, where you actually inhale to the count of one through your nose, exhale one through your nose all of the nasal breathing and making people aware that using the tool that you were given um, actually improves long-term health outcomes. And that's something that we've um, been sharing pretty robustly in the last uh, year. But um, yeah, I think just those kinds of things and just making sure that, you know, um, if anything, I've, you know, you were talking earlier about people sort of putting out, you know, a lot of anger and hate when you first posted those videos. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I will say is that when you start looking at all of the, the newspaper articles about learning loss and, you know, we're in a detriment and yeah. it, it's all that negative framing, Sigmar, that creates more fear and hate. 
right? So they're angry at schools, they're angry at teachers, they're angry at leaders. But actually, if we flip that and think about, you know, they're, they're at home, I know it's really challenging in many of the environments in, in which um, you know, teachers are serving in under, underserved communities. But it's not that they've lost a year of learning, they're learning differently, they're learning different things. And trying to frame it in a way, if we can just help folks frame and it takes a lot of energy. It's like a 20 to one ratio of positive to negative, yeah. right? We got to keep practicing how to switch it so that it is a gratitude practice that we are focusing on the good. Yeah. Um, and I, I do feel like that is one thing that it, parents can help with their kids, right? There's a lot of negativity that can sort of swirl. I'm guilty of it with my kids who are homeschooling, you know, um, with online learning, but um, I feel like that, that whole idea of really making an intentional practice for gratitude and taking in the good and flipping what we would normally go straight to the negative because it's in our DNA to go negative yeah. um, and trying to figure out how to, to switch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is what I see with, with my kids because obviously stuff comes up where, where the negativity comes first, where they say, oh, you know, like I haven't seen my friends and yeah. this class and I'm all by myself. But on the other hand, you know, it's like, yes, good stuff what comes out of this. And, and both of my kids told me that they're actually learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, and, and, and you just need to enforce this kind of things, you know, to see the positive stuff. Yeah. And, and, and uh, as we as parents, we need to go ahead. We cannot go, oh, I feel so bad. You cannot go to school. We, we are still hanging in this COVID like uncertainty. But it, it's really focusing on the positive and, uh, and, and, and going forward. And it takes a lot on the family right now. Yeah. And this is why mindfulness and, and, and mindfulness education is so important. And sometimes I have the feeling that the parents can even learn from their kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is what, what we have seen now when we started teaching mindfulness in schools. Mm -hmm. We had one kid that even testified on, on, on a video. So we asked him, hey, you want to give us some uh, like whatever, what is your feedback? And he said um, he went home to his mom and they had like whatever, some stuff going on. And, and, and she got like whatever, uh, excited and too excited maybe. And it <laughs> said, mom, love tune. And, uh, and, and this was for me something where I said, oh, wow, you know, he got it. You know, he got it maybe before the parents do. And this is something where, uh, I mean, I'm European and I raised American kids. So, and, uh, and, uh, and you're Asian, you know, we are way stricter when it comes to educating kids and, and, and we have like, yeah, we are, we are more conservative, let's call it this way. And I remember with my son, we have been driving in the car and he didn't want to buckle up. He was three years old and he was standing and back then I had like a surf car, I was driving and he was not, not safe. So he was standing in the middle of the seat. And I said to him three times, you should go back and buckle up. And he didn't. And then I said, do it, you know? And he said to me, daddy, you're hurting my feelings when you talk loud, you know? And uh, <laughs> for, for a European, this was something, I never heard this in Europe, you know, nobody would say this, but, but having kids and probably this was also your work already in back then in the schools, you know, because kids are speaking up about their emotions. Yeah. And this is actually the only way how you can get an emotional reaction from someone, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and the way I was raised was like very down, like whatever, there's one word, one, some person say something and yes. everybody listens and it's like, like a pyramid. It only went down. And I think very early, you did a great job in your school where you have been principal because kids actually reflected on, the, on their emotions. Mm. And this goes back to the families and this goes back to the communities. So I think it's a, 
it's a constant positive wheel that that starts in motion. Well, that was uh, thank you for that. I, I I grew up in that kind of household as well, right? Top down. My dad, whatever <laughs> he was there, it was very quiet for a long time. Not too many words. We didn't share our feelings much. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I wanna one thing. What I wanted to ask you again is also because you have this really in your mission statement. Um, it starts with the heart. Yeah. And uh, when when you guys figured this out. Um, what was the biggest challenge to really tell someone in the educational system it's the heart and not the mind? You know, um, I will say because of my, I joined the foundation was already sort of in place. And um, one of the things that we were able to do was when we talked to superintendents and school districts is that we do a lot of listening, right? And part yeah. of going through this process of connecting to the heart is that you listen. What are the issues that they're struggling with? And when it really came down to sort of like what they were really worried about, they were worried about their teachers burning out, quitting, leaving. Um, and then they, that, you know, would lead to, you know, classrooms being turned over with different substitutes and things. And because we focused on their stress, on their own management, on their own self yeah. um, and their self-managed self-awareness, self-regulation, self-management, we focused on the adult piece they were able to just connect how they were feeling when the stress was hitting and, and naming their feelings, right? Naming when your, your body is speaking to you all the time, mm -hmm. right? We know that body gives you feedback, whether it's in your shoulders, your jaws, if you're not sleeping well at night, your body is talking to you every moment of the day. And it's at what point in time do you notice what it's saying? Mm -hmm. And if you listen to what your body's telling you, you might need a break, you might need, you know, you might need some water, you might need some, you know, a, a walk around outside, but it's that mental push for them to connect their own selves to their heart, what their body is sort of um, communicating to them. And yeah. oftentimes with educators, because they're so busy, they don't actually listen to their bodies. So they'll put off the stress. They'll put off the, the you know, the, the stomach aches. They just sort of power through their day and that's led to many, many long-term health issues. And you can see in all the data of retired teachers, retired principals and superintendents, high blood pressure, heart disease, um, cancers, the rates are astronomical for their long-term health. And part of that, just really reminding them that they matter, that they're important to a lot of people, but if they don't actually are not kind to themselves, that it makes it a really hard um, journey. And, and we really care about their long-term health. Like that's part of how we sort of approach the work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's a beautiful way how you describe it because it's like, I mean, it works for each and every one of us. You know, mm -hmm. it's not even the educators, but it's like, you know, we don't listen to the basic things. I mean, when you go back into history, everyone was listening to the body and yeah. whatever our modern society at one point just thinks oh, the body doesn't matter, you know, and you think you can, you can detach both of them, you know. But yeah, and that burnout, I mean, it's all, it's, it's almost unfathomable, right? When people detach and, and I did it before for a long, long time, but really just trying to think like, why am I so tired? Why does my neck hurt so much, right? All of those kinds of things. And at some point in time, if you start to ignore that, you don't have to feel it, you get numb to it, right? Yeah. And then instead of actually knowing, then they start taking medication when they don't feel well, right? People drink a lot. They, there's all kinds of other ways in which they're trying to numb even that numbness that they have or that dull feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Hey, I thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate this sharing your wisdom. 
great conversation. I want to do one thing real quick for our listeners. So um, what uh, Cheech has told us uh, also about the five principles, what they're teaching at Pure Edge, please go to pureedgeinc.org. And there's a lot of new stuff out there. And I would like a lot of listeners from us to also support Pure Edge. There's a reason why LoveTune is doing it. And it helps our, yeah, the next generation. And this is where where healing uh, needs is, is happening and where it's needed the most. And I'm just so grateful for you and Love Tuner as well. And just, just so you know, all of our resources are open source and free. So there's never a charge for them. And that's also the reason why we can start with the heart because we take that uh, little bit of worry about the monetary constraints for school districts. So all of that is open source as well. So thank you so much for a great, great conversation. And I'm just so grateful. Have a good one. Thank you, you so too. much. Bye. Bye-bye.